Happy Monday to you. We appreciate you joining us here to start your week on the podcast daily. I'm Bill Landis. That's Jeremy Birmingham. Austin Ward will be back with us uh, on Tuesday for his regularly regularly scheduled appearances on the podcast daily. Um, he's recovering from his golf trip. He'll be back in short order. Until then, it's, it's Berm and I. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL Combine today, Berm. That's, that starts on Monday in Indianapolis. Ohio State has eight players there, so we'll run through that a little bit. But first, I, I wanted to start with some hoops talk, if that's okay with you. You all right with that? Mm-hmm. I like hoops talk. All right. Uh, Again, these are the benefits of when Austin's not here. We can talk about things like basketball, and he won't get mad about it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, first of all, I, I, this is not necessarily what I want to talk about, but I do want, do want to mention the Ohio State women's team clinched to share the Big Ten title on Sunday, um, clinched the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament, can win an outright title if it wins either of its two remaining regular season games, and they're in contention for a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. So that's pretty exciting, and they kind of continue rolling on. But the the story, I guess, that kind of overshadowed that a little bit only because it was so improbable uh, was the Ohio State men's basketball team snapping its road losing streak finally, winning at Michigan State on Sunday afternoon. First time they've won in Breslin Center in 12 years. They win on a basically a buzzer beater from Dale Bonner. It was like two-tenths of a second left, I think, when the ball went through the net. Doesn't matter how they did it. They did it. They won at Michigan State. They finally won a road game. Jake Diebler is 2-1 and one now. Berm is the uh, interim Head coach, and and I was just kind of curious as a guy who was uh you know pretty passionate about the basketball Buckeyes about what you think of the job that Jake Diebler's done here in these three games, and, and what you think of the the current state of Ohio State basketball as it's kind of bounced back a little bit, I guess from from a weird in season firing of Chris Holtman. I think that with a guy like Diebler, you know you're going to get like passion, and he's done a really good job of bringing that fire back out of some of these younger guys and. The problem that you have when you look at this Ohio State basketball team, Bill, is like they are not the 13th best team in the Big Ten. Like they have a lot of talent. And I don't know what it has been about the last year and a half of the Chris Holtman era. It just seemed like people sleepwalked, sleptwalked, were sleeping while walking through a lot of stuff. And and even on, on Sunday, you get into the last couple minutes there. And, you know, what Jake Deber is doing is playing. The freshman, he's saying, we're, we're going to let it let it ride with these guys because this is the future. And I think you have to do that. You have to let these guys make mistakes. It's it's we can talk about it in the in the same terms as James Laurinaitis was talking about with the football team um, a week ago. Like you have to let these young guys make mistakes. And I, I'm thinking about the final play of the game, and it was so ugly. It was so <laughs> disheveled. It was so like typical of everything that Ohio State has done all year in those crunch time moments. Except this time, somehow Bruce Thornton didn't fumble the ball off of his foot, or and somehow you get the ball up to Dale Bonner, and he doesn't, you know, double dribble like he yeah. finds a way to get off an improbable shot and and hits it. And you can tell these guys believe in Jake Diebler, and and I said this last week when we were at Roosters that I hope that the one thing that happened was after Ohio State beat Purdue that people didn't automatically start to turn around and say, well, now Jake Diebler's got to be the coach. Yeah, because like that, it, this is a good story, and you can see, again, the guys believe in Jake Diebler, but like this is Ohio State, and Ohio State should be a top three or four basketball program in the Big Ten year in and year out. And you can go out and find a Nate Oates or uh, anyone you want from around the country and at least make them say no to you. You have to do that. You can't just d- decide we're going we're gonna to ride the hot young hand um, because this is just uh, it, the the ebbs and flows of emotion that come with uh, the firing of you know of Chris Holtman and the team 
I think, really rallying around each other and, and Jake Diebler, but I don't know how long that can last. Yeah, I mean, it's not I, – I didn't I didn't bring it up, I guess, as a, as a way to get into, like, should they just, you know, take the interim tag off Jake Diebler? Diebler and I don't think they're there either, um, and, and nor do I believe that they really ever should be. I think Jake Diebler's helping himself, for yeah. sure. Um, he deserves it, 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 somewhere. Yeah. I think yeah. he proves that. In the eyes of another program or in the eyes of whoever Ohio State's next basketball coach is. And, and it's probably worth pointing out, too, that, that Jake Diebler is like the number one recruiter on Ohio State staff. He's heavily involved in all the recruitments of basically everyone on the roster at, at this point. So it's not – and obviously Chris Holman was, too. But it's not surprising that the team has responded well to him because they, I think they all had pretty strong relationships with him. Um, but, it, like, it is, like you know, a, a tip of the cap of, to them, I guess, for – figuring out a way to to win some games and it's easier or not easy it's not easy but it is easier i think when especially if you're jake deber like the pressure's off like there's no expectations like chris holtman was was trying to snap a losing skid and get ohio state to the tournament in the worst way possible and like there's immense pressure that comes with that jake deber can kind of just kind of go with the flow of things and he's trying to win games but it's not it's not quite the same pressure cooker but there's probably some freedom in that too that allows you to do some weird things like play Zed Key, Felix Akpara, and Evan Mahaffey all together like they were doing at the end of that Michigan State game, um, which was kind of wild to see the three of them out there. But it, but it was effective, and Michigan State, for a stretch, didn't really seem to have a, a, a response to that, and it got Ohio State back into the game. So um, they're, I, I guess at the very least, like they're they're kind of fun to watch, Like, and, and I'm glad you know Ohio State basketball fans are getting to watch the team play a little better down the stretch here. Like They still need to win every game and win the Big Ten tournament to, or, or win the Big Ten tournament and probably end win the Big Ten tournament if they want to get an NCAA tournament bid. So like I'm not I'm not trying to stoke the flames there, but um I it's a bummer of like just how bad Ohio State and how irrelevant Ohio State basketball has been the last couple of years. So it's cool for me to see them win a game like they won at home last week against Purdue and win a game like they won on Sunday against Michigan State and like give fans something to be really excited about. Yeah, and, and I have I have reserved the right to change my mind. If Jake Diebler wins out and wins the Big Ten, uh, we can revisit the conversation about whether or not he should be the guy moving forward at, at the helm. I think, if anything, he's at least proven that he needs to maintain a role on the next guy's staff if he wants it, and that's obviously a conversation that Jake will have to have with, with his family. But, you know, I, I've said it before. I've said it. I'll say it again. Give me John Beeline for two years with Jake Diebler as the – Coach in waiting and learn how to do it, and, and under a guy like John Beeline, and I'm totally happy with that. And, and I know people will scoff at it, but like to me, that's okay. I, well, why do you want to hire a 72 year old head coach? Yep, I do because the guy wins, and he can teach Jake Diebler some of the things that he needs to learn in the meantime. And you get to keep your elite recruiter on staff, and you get to keep some continuity because again, this team has talent, and I I do fear that you bring in a new head coach from the outside who brings in his entirely new coaching staff. And all of a sudden, a lot of this young talent doesn't stick around. And, and that then makes these last two years it's a little insult to injury when you look at everything else that's happened because they have recruited very well and it just hasn't gelled on the court. And now if you start to feel like, hey, it, it, the pieces are here to really move up and, and make a big leap in 2024, 2025, and then all of a sudden Bruce Thornton's gone or, or whatever. And, you know, I think the most impressive thing about Sunday to me is you do that without Jamison Battle. Um, you get really good minutes out of Devin Royal. You get an opportunity, as you said, to to maybe mix things up um, with the the alignments, and that has been one of my biggest concerns or one of my biggest things about Chris Holtman is that it just didn't seem like he was creative in any way. It was like just run the same guys out there, 
run the offense, let four guys play hero ball. Like there was just not any sort of basketball like logic happening. It was just always just like, these are our starters. This is what we're going to do. And sometimes you have to mix it up. And I I like that Jake Debo is not afraid to do that. Yeah, he's not. Um, That makes it, uh, you know, at the very least interesting to watch, right? We're not like they're, they're two and one and they lost at Minnesota um, in the middle of the week. And, you know, that's, and they got beat, you know, pretty handily in that game by a Minnesota team. That's just like kind of fine. Yeah, it is a tough spot to play. You're right. Um, I don't want to make this too much more about basketball. Yeah, I, I and I appreciate people indulging us for talking about hoops here for for ten minutes or so. I just want to ask you: Have you ever seen a ball do what it did on the first Tyson Walker free throw when it just nope. stuck to the back of the rim? I've nope. never seen that happen on a free throw before. It was unbelievable. It was like boing, 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 boing. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And you yeah. could see Tyson Walter's face. He's like, "No way." Yeah. That was wild, and that allows Ohio State the chance to to be tied when it has the ball, rather than down and um, fighting for its life. So I, I don't maybe maybe Del Bonner doesn't make that shot if Ohio State's losing. I don't know. I was listening. You know, I think it was Andy Katz on the call, right? Uh, no, it was Jay Wright. Uh, oh well, whoever it was kept talking about, oh, you you're going to get a tip in here. You, you got point two seconds. You can just tip it in. I'm like, they're down three points. Like the guy's like, he's like, put Bakpar on the inbounder. Put guys by the basket. I'm like, you're down three. They're down three points. You're not going to tip in a three pointer. Like, just stay out of the way and don't follow anybody, you dummies. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's transition to some football here. Uh, we will have more of our spring previews. Um, the rest of this week, spring football starts a week from Tuesday. Uh, we have a few more position groups to run through, I believe, tight ends, running backs, receivers, and quarterback, and we will do all that uh, the remainder of this week and maybe early next week before spring ball officially kicks off next Tuesday. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, the NFL Combine berm starts on Monday. Uh, Ohio State has eight guys there, Marvin Harrison Jr., Mike Hall, Kate Stover, Tommy Eichenberg, Josh Proctor, Mayan Williams, Steel Chambers, and Matthew Jones. Um, and just for people, like if you care to watch the Combine and care to watch the workouts, those start on Thursday. They run Thursday to Sunday. Um, the receivers one, which I probably is the one that people may be most interested in, is, is on Saturday. They start at 3 o'clock on the NFL Network if you want to check those out. But the interviews with the teams, the interviews with the media, um, all that uh, starts to kick off on Monday. We're not going to be there. Um, frankly, I don't I don't know. My, my view on it has changed a little bit. I don't really know that the combine is worth covering all that much, but I kind of like watching it and like seeing how guys um, kind of draft stock changes while they're out there in Indianapolis. So I, I guess I'll open it, open it up to you, but I'm going to ask you just like, which, which of those eight interest you the most of, of the Ohio state group that's going to be out in Indy this week and, and why? I think it's by call. Uh, he, he's really already caught the eye of a lot of people with the way he performed at the senior bowl. And I think he's the type of player that I've said over and over reminds me of Jerome Baker and the way that his uh, NFL decision was made. I think that he is a player who is going to have a much better NFL career than he did college career because he has all of the upside. And I think in the NFL, like your talent is enough to get you on the field. And sometimes in college, there may be other extenuating circumstances or coaches who have a preference for certain players. And I think in the NFL, it comes down to, is that guy going to wreck an offensive line? And Michael Hall will do that. Um, so to me, he's one I'm also interested because if you go to the official OhioStateBuckeyes.com website and they list the eight guys who are uh, participating in the NFL Combine, all seven of those guys have a URL, you know, a hyperlink on their name to their Ohio State player profile, and Mike Hall doesn't, and I don't know why. <laughs> and it's I'm finding that puzzling. Um, but I think just what Mike will do with his athleticism, his quickness, his short area quickness is elite, elite. 
And I think it's going to freak some people out when they see everything he's capable of. Uh, and the other guy that I think the combine is going to be super important for is Tommy Eichenberg. It's like, you know what he is as a player, you know what he is as a leader. Um, but it, when it comes down to the, the athleticism, the, the measurables, how is he going to stack up to some of these guys? And is that going to push him down? I think maybe in the third and fourth round, um, or even lower, because I don't know that he's going to blow you away with the measurables. And so that I think for Tommy is, is an important thing. He's, I, I hope he runs in India and really gets out there and, and shows people that he is an athletic guy. Um, but that's, that's what I'm really watching for him. Yeah. I I'm kind of on the same page as you. Like my call is interesting to me because I've, I've been trying to think like Ohio state has eight guys in the combine. I don't, I don't think Ohio state's going to have eight guys get drafted. I'm wondering how big this draft class actually will end up being. Like we know all, all they will get shots in the NFL. No, no doubt about it, but like actually hear their name called, um, when, when the draft is going on, I, I, I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> but also, too, there's just like aside from Marvin Harrison Jr., who's going to be a top like four pick. I, th- I think four is probably as far as he, he ends up dropping, but he could be anywhere between two and four. I think um, there's no other guaranteed first round pick. And there's just a couple of guys who are like kind of like on the fringe, I think, of, of potentially being like in the top hundred, like first three round kind of guys and and my call to me like is the guy in the group who i think is capable of making the biggest jump up people's boards if he has a really good week in indianapolis um because i think his his like tape would be good i'm assuming you know on the evaluation of nfl teams just like weirdly there's not a lot of it like he he, for a guy who's um just sort of you know raw as rawly talented as my call is um, he didn't play a whole heck of a lot at, at Ohio State. You would you would think his snap count would be higher, and it just wasn't. Well, partly because of injuries two years ago, and then it was just kind of a rotational thing this past year. Um, so so maybe he's like a little bit of a sleeper in, in that way. But I, but I think I, I would agree with you that he could um, open up some eyeballs this week. And I'm also curious. Like everyone knows Marvin Harrison Jr. Everyone knows the name. Everyone knows the production. Everyone knows he's very good. I don't think people understand like the kind of athlete we're talking about with Marvin. So I, and I don't know, maybe, maybe he won't do the workout stuff. I'm not entirely sure if he's, if he's going to or or not. Um, But if he does, I I think, you know, in an odd way, a guy who already has all the notoriety in the world when it comes to being a draft prospect might gain even more because I could see him putting on a little bit of a show with the, the athletic workouts going on there. Yeah, last Tuesday, uh, after we left the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, after you and Austin had left, I was in there and finished it up and getting the next day's video work done. And Marvin was in there on the Monarch machine. And I went and asked him, I said, you know, do you know what you're doing in Indy? Are you running? And he said, he's just not sure. He, he's, he said he's just going to wing it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, you do what you want. But um, uh, he obviously can decide to skip that or just do private workouts. He, he, you know he's going to be a top five pick. Uh, I, I don't get the. I got the impression that he wants to have a lot of that stuff done by the time the Ohio State Pro Day rolls around, so that he doesn't have to do it at, at in Columbus at the Pro Day. So we'll see. Um, Marvin, uh, you know, obviously is the top five pick. I, I think Michael Hall is going to work himself into a day two pick, um, probably a second round pick. I just think he's too he's too explosive and too different um, on tape. Than other guys like he's Aaron Donald esque, and I, I know that comparison is crazy, but like he's so quick. Um, and then the other guy that I think is really going to depend a lot on what he does this week and what he's capable of doing this week is Kate Stover because 
there are a lot of teams that need a tight end, especially one down I-71 in Cincinnati. Go Bengals. Let's let's go ahead and bring Cade, keep Cade in Ohio. I'm fine with that if you don't pick Brock Bowers in the first round somehow. So uh, Cade has been dinged up. You know, I don't know how much he's going to do this week, but I know he's going to crush the interview sessions. Um, the question is how 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 much can he go out there and show with his knees and with the the hip problem that he's been having over you know throughout the last year. Um, is he going to go out and, and prove that he's healthy? Because if he is healthy, we talked to NFL scouts throughout the season, and they were they were in love with Cade Stover. So now you just have to go out and, and dominate in that setting. And I think he can. Yeah, you, you see an, enough like Cade Stover tight end two behind Brock Bowers talk that that like I'm I'm on alert for it. But the the medical, I mean, <clears throat> I think we say this every year. But like the thing that's most important at the combine, more important than the team interviews. And all the workouts and the media interviews are the medical evaluations that happen there. And for Kate Stover, that's going to be incredibly important because you could feel great going into those and like feel like you're in the you know the best health and best shape you've been in. But there are lingering things that can show up there that that are red flags for teams. And all of a sudden, guys fall down draft boards. And I'm not trying to put that out there for Kate, but but I think he's had enough of the hip stuff and the knee stuff and like you know, the it was elbow or shoulder, whatever that was, where he had the big kind of. Uh, Rob Gonkrowski thing going on there that um, that's that's going to be a big big uh, checkpoint for Cade in this process um, and hopefully he gets through it okay because if I, I think everything else stacks up really well for him um, even if he's not able to work out in Indianapolis I think like, his tape as a receiver over the last two years is really good um, so as long as the health thing works out for him I think he'll be okay and then I, I think like Josh Proctor is an interesting guy too because right? we've always talked about his explosive athleticism and it took six years for it to show up on the field, but it did last year. Um, so I think that's good for him to finally have that that season's worth of, of pretty good tape out there. But if you talk about a guy who has athletic traits that's gonna that are that could potentially like really open some people's eyes, and and I don't know if he's a guaranteed draft pick either. Um, but I think he could really solidify that in Indianapolis if he has a, a good week of working out and a good week of testing. I think that Josh is almost certainly a player that you take a in the sixth or seventh round because his athleticism is so different. Um, going back to Kate, I think the interesting or, or annoying thing for him is that he's never had like the, the big injuries. It's always right. just yep. little nagging things that he's been able to fight through. And that sometimes I think you fight through those things almost to your own detriment long-term and you build up, you know, scar tissue and it makes it worse. And when you, if you just would have taken a, a little bit of a break, which is outside of Cade's, um, the mindset, then all of a sudden it becomes, well, now he's got an injury history when it could have just been, well, if I just took off this week against Maryland, maybe I don't need to have a, a giant brace on my arm for the next six months. So it, it's it, Cade's everything else about him is going to have him on a, as a day two pick. So I think you're going to look at for sure three first, second or third round picks. And then what happens after that? Um, you know, uh, I think Josh Proctor is going to get drafted. I think Tommy Eichenberg will certainly get drafted. But then you have questions about Mayan Williams and Matthew Jones and Steel Chambers, and I, I just don't know that I, I I don't know that any one of those guys are going to do anything this week that would, in my mind, put them in a position where they're a surefire draft pick because they they just sort of are who they are. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right on that. Maybe the the one guy would be Steel Chambers again, just because like it's a, it's about athleticism this week, and we think Steel's a pretty good athlete. Um, but then you would say yourself like the tape and production maybe don't don't 
um, enthrall you all that much. So he'll be an interesting case study. I, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm not. I don't know that I'm feeling Matt Jones being drafted at the moment. Like he wasn't. He played in the Hula Bowl, I think, which is like pretty far down the rung of all star games that seniors can play in. Like he wasn't a, a Senior Bowl guy, wasn't a Shrine Bowl guy. Um, so we'll see. Like, and it's not you know the combine's not really a setting for offensive linemen. Offensive linemen, I, I kind of feel like you're you are what you are, and there's not really much you can do about that unless you like go run a you know sub 540 at 315 pounds then people start to take notice of you but i, I don't know that matthew jones is going to do that um th- this week in indianapolis so we'll, we'll see what happens with him but i do think i think steel could maybe make a little bit of a move I don't, what do you think about him he's undersized for linebacker yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. i mean i don't know he's, he's certainly someone that can make a roster as a special teams guy and and um the ability to play multiple positions he, he obviously has that um uh, I don't know that he has enough elite athleticism to uh, like open your eyes and go, well, we got to take this guy and just figure it out um, where someone like Josh Proctor does. So that's why I think, you know, Josh is, is more likely to end up um, as a late, you know, late in the draft uh, flyer pick. But I, I want to go back to Mayan if we can, like, do you, sure. I still don't know why Mayan Williams is in the NFL draft. And I, I I'm thinking back to, where Ohio State was, and we'll talk running back later this week. So I, it's just a thought on my mind. But is it the decision by Mayan Williams to enter the NFL draft, and then you lose Trey? You know, uh, Trey. I'm sorry, Tr- Diamante Trainum Chip to to Kentucky, and then you lose Evan Pryor. There was a moment in December where you're like, oh, and if Travion Henderson goes pro, this entire running back room could be falling apart. Mm-hmm. And I, I still, I, I'm trying to figure out what Mayan Williams' mindset was to say, I, I'm going to take this NFL shot because it doesn't seem like the right, like if he'd done this a year ago, I think it's almost a, it's, it's an entirely different conversation, but w- what, what do you think was going on there? Have, like, yeah. I mean, sometimes guys just want to go, man. Like, I, I don't know. I try, I try really hard not to question the decisions of guys who are going to the NFL. Like, and it's very, it's easy in hindsight for sure to do it. Um, you know, if I were in their position, I understand why, how it would be really hard to not take your shot at that opportunity, but certainly Mayan is not going, um, at the optimal time. Like he hardly played at all this year and was injured for, for much of it and, and missed the season. And, um, I don't know, maybe it's that, maybe it's the, the wear and tear he's already had to undergo. He's had injury stuff kind of every year he's been here, or at least the last couple of years, like nothing, Prior to this Roos Rooster one, nothing like super, super serious, but stuff that's kept him out of games um, or limited him in games. So yeah, I get it. Knock, it's not to knock him, Bill. I mean, uh, as a yeah. running back, I, I think I, I've, I've for years, I've been like, Mayan Williams is a much better running back than he gets credit for. But mm-hmm. I don't know that like this decision makes any sense uh, other than I just want to take a shot. Like you can get yeah. paid in college now, you know? I mean, you can. And, and I, I, think he is very possibly in a position where he could have made more in college um, this year than he, than he might make in, in the NFL. I, I don't know. Um, we'll have to see how that plays out. I guess it, it was, it was, it wasn't surprising to me when he went pro. Cause I just kind of always figured he was of that mindset. Um, and he like sort of made that known last year when he said he was coming back um, prior to the 2023 season. So I wasn't surprised when he left, but you look at kind of the situation the running back room was left in, and now it's it's vastly different because Quinchon Junkins is here. But you know, imagine if Quinchon Junkins wasn't here, and then you're looking at that room and thinking to yourself, like, man, I can't believe mine's going to the NFL right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like the opportunity when he decided to leave, the opportunity projecting forward seemed 
pretty wide open for him to have the best possible year he could have at Ohio State and, and then to bolt at that time. I was like, yeah, that's peculiar. It is it is peculiar. Um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll work out for him. I don't know. I'd roll the dice, bet on yourself, whatever the kids say. I I, I understand the, the, the mindset. Um, and hopefully it, it works out for mine. And hopefully it works out for all these guys. There's eight of them there again um, out there in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine, uh, which officially starts on Monday. I don't think we'll start hearing from at least the athletes there until Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and then, like I said, workouts start on Thursday. So that'll probably be the extent of our conversation about it here this, this week. And we'll probably, we'll, you know, pro days on March 20th, we'll have stuff from that. And then maybe we'll, we'll do another check-in before the draft. We don't do a whole lot of, uh, of draft stuff unless we do path of the draft stuff, which is certainly more interesting than sort of talking about who's rising and who's falling. But this is a, another checkpoint in the uh, journey to the NFL for a, a group of eight. Ohio State players who will be in Indianapolis uh, later this week. As I said, we'll have more position previews as we get closer to spring ball. Uh, later on Monday, Burn, we're going to be in Roosters. Is that right? That's the plan? We'll be there 1130 on Monday at Roosters at Old Tangy River Road. Um, the normal uh, gang will be there. So back to back to hysterical, um, you know, Bob and Justin and Nicole and myself and yeah. Austin. And you'll be there for support, I hope. I will be there for support and then also to record uh, some more shows after that. But uh, some good crew, uh, good stories in the Buckeye Cruise, and I imagine, uh, will be part of uh, the show on Monday. So uh, if you can join us there, please do. If not, look for that later on Monday afternoon in this feed. Uh, plenty more, like I said, coming this week. But that will wrap up this episode of the Podcast Daily for a Monday. We appreciate you joining us for Berm. I'm Bill. We'll talk to you later.